Welcome, friends. You are listening to the Mind Body Alchemy podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Miramontes. This is where intuition meets education in the realms of spirituality, fitness, mindset, and more, all to create lasting change. Welcome back to the podcast, and thanks so much for being here. Today, I want to address a question that I get a lot in the Unstuffed group program and with those who I work with one-on-one in particular. How do I stop eating when something tastes really good, something that I want to eat? How do I say no if I'm not hungry to something that someone has offered me without feeling restricted? and then binge eating in protest. A shorter version of this question is, how can you cut food back without becoming obsessed with it? And I understand why this feels difficult to understand. I understand why people wonder about this, struggle with it, and it really has to do with being burned by the diet industry. And this is not going to be a bash the diet industry type of podcast, although there is some things brought up because context matters. But the real reason why people struggle with this is because they are so afraid to change that they sabotage their efforts out of the fear that they're going to have to go through whatever they went through when they were dieting. They want to lose weight, but they're thinking that restriction of any kind is bad or it's going to lead to binge eating, and it absolutely does not. And they're hearing this from a lot of people, and it feels very validating when somebody comes in and says, hey, if you have experienced a lot of binging, if you're a binge eater, or you're overeating, or you feel out of control around food, or you just can't stop, it's because you dieted in the past, and dieting is bad for you, and therefore, it will automatically turn to binging. And there is some truth in that. But that does not mean that restriction of any kind is bad or will lead to binge eating. This is very binary thinking. Thinking that if you are thoughtful about what you eat or how much will lead you to become food obsessed simply is not true. Being afraid to experiment with food, find your enough, find the amount that helps you feel light, satisfied, and energized, and overeating because of that fear, that is obsession. Obsession is not saying no. It's not when you decline having extra bites when somebody says, oh, just live a little, or it's just a little bit, or things like that. That is not food obsession. You declining to eat more, whether you're declining that to someone who's offering it to you or to yourself, and you hear that voice inside your head or from the person out loud that says, well, it's not that big a deal. What are you worried about? You're so obsessed. This little bit won't count, that kind of thing. That is food obsession. You're obsessing about the outcome of eating the food or not eating the food and what you're going to have to feel and what you're worried about and all the things. That is not what I would define as a healthy relationship with food. Being afraid to see what it might feel like to walk away from a plate of food that still has a few bites left because you might waste 35 cents or you wish you had that rock hard pizza crust for the rest of eternity, that's obsession. Treating yourself like you're made of glass and capable of having a nuanced conversation and falling victim to this binary thinking about food being all health or all bad, all restriction or no restriction, not telling yourself the side of the story that feels like freedom because you're making a choice, that is food obsession. 
you don't have to swing on a pendulum and you don't have to commit to a change that you're trying for more than a day or more than a meal at a time. Now, you don't have to swing on a pendulum and you don't have to commit to a change that you're trying, that you're experimenting with for more than a meal or a day at a time. But you've got to be willing to start somewhere. Let your brain give you all the bullshit, all the worries, all the excuses, all the doubt, all the fear, all the stress, and then work on that part. Allow yourself to feel successful for listening to your body, for stopping at enough, for declining something, even if you want it or it tastes good, and then work on the part of your brain that freaks out about it and tells you that something is wrong, that there's an emergency, that you shouldn't have done that, that now you're missing out, the FOMO, the fear, all of that. That's the part we want to work on because it's your brain that is obsessed. It is not your body. Your body is not obsessed. You start thinking that if you try something and you don't follow through on the commitment, that that will be excruciatingly painful. So you commit to, say, leaving a few bites on your plate just to see if maybe you don't miss those few bites. Maybe you have the same eating experience, even if you just cut back a few bites. If that's your commitment, awesome. But then your brain's like, oh, yeah, but you really need to finish your plate. It's only a few bites. It really doesn't matter. Don't you know you were raised never to walk away from food? You shouldn't be wasteful. That's not right. You know that there are other people in the world that are starving. You really need to eat that. And if you walk away with three bites left on your plate, are you always going to do that? Are you going to do that forever? Like it's the most ridiculous sound in the world that happens inside of your brain. Those are the obsessive thoughts that we want to work on because you may not commit to leaving three bites on your plate every day, every meal for the rest of your life, and that's okay. In fact, you probably won't. You don't have to. It would be a miracle if eating to just enough equated to exactly what you served minus three bites every single day for every single meal. It's ridiculous to think that that's true, but that doesn't mean experimenting with it is restrictive or harmful. It just means that you're curious enough to figure it out. If you're telling yourself that you're depriving yourself and you're doing it for no reason because it's not going to stick anyway, or that you just can't do it, or you'll always fail, or that this is just a one-time thing, and so it will never become your new normal, and whether you like it or not, you've proven you're capable of doing it, and so you really should be doing it. That is the part that's excruciatingly painful. It's all demanding, and it feels really shitty. But you don't need to learn how to not eat donuts in order to lose weight. True deprivation is not actually coming. I mean, can't control the world, right? I can't say that it would never come because of world circumstances. But when you are using a hunger-directed eating approach, the diet version of deprivation is not coming. But you probably do have to learn when to say yes and when to say no to a donut based on how your body feels. You probably do have to learn to stop at one donut, even though there are four flavors that you really want to try and they'll probably be gone by the time you're hungry again. You probably do have to learn to calm yourself down about food and tell yourself the truth about what is actually restrictive versus what is a fake version of restriction that you've been practicing because every attempt at weight loss has forced you to do things in a way that takes everything from you. If you are not restricting from this place of not meeting your body's energy needs, 
meaning you are forcing yourself to go through extreme periods of hunger. You are not eating. You're not feeling healthy. Then restriction is a thought. There are people in the world that have never had a cupcake and they don't feel restricted because of it. They don't obsess over how they'll avoid it or how they can sneak it in without gaining weight. They don't even think about having to hide it from their coworkers or family because they're afraid that they won't get their share of the cupcakes. This is not because there is something right about them and something wrong with you. This food obsession and restriction fear is actually not your fault. It's a slow burn that builds over time with the consumption of media-informed diet culture. Even much of the factual information out there like meals with more protein tend to increase satiety and increase the time between feeling hungry get turned into this guilt-ridden rule that you now have to resentfully eat a huge chunk of chicken breast at every meal. But... Just because the research shows that satiety is improved by protein doesn't mean that you're going to starve if you have less than the recommended amount or that you should worry about not getting a certain number of grams per meal. These things do not exist in a vacuum, but when you're micromanaging every single bite that you take, it can start to seem that way. You start operating from this place of scarcity and rules when really... It's more about just having good to know type information so that you can make more informed choices based on the information available at the time, which by the way, often tweaks and changes because most people don't want to use their time trying to make each meal meet a certain number quota. And frankly, they shouldn't. When they do this, they start to feel obsessed that obsession leads to fear of not being able to eat like a quote-unquote normal person. If I had a dollar for every time I heard, I just want to eat like a normal person, I don't even want to have to think about what I eat. Why can't I just do this? I would be so rich. But they feel like a normal person is someone who has no thought whatsoever about their food, that they don't make food decisions, that they don't have any kind of hangups whatsoever about should I eat now or should I eat later? What would be the right thing to do? But they do have those food upset. They do have to make those food decisions. They're just not obsessed. They just don't make them mean anything. They just decide and then they stop deciding and they like their decision and then they don't think about it anymore moving forward. You don't have to control every single bite you take in order to get the result that you want. And when it all feels like too much, then you flip the switch. Instead of thinking about ways to make it simpler, you shut it all down, go back to your old ways, or worse, you start overcompensating for the things that you quote missed out on. But even then, the guilt lives on. You're telling yourself that you need to get back on track, pull your shit together, try again. And as soon as you consider it, the dread feels overwhelming and you immediately shut it down saying that you can't do restriction because you'll be binge eating. And while binge eating is absolutely the direct result of restrictive behavior, a lot of it has to do with the mindset around restriction and what it is. I'll repeat this again, what I said earlier about true restriction. If you restrict your favorite foods, then the chances are high that you'll binge on them eventually. If you restrict food in general, in a way that leaves you underfed, tired, hormonally compromised, unwell, then chances are 
very high that you will binge eventually. You'll probably find yourself having dreams about food, having dreams about cheating on the diet, and start to pick up some very strange habits around food that you really didn't have before. That is food obsession and a prime environment for binge eating behavior. And when I talk about restricting your favorite foods or not restricting your favorite foods, and if you do, then you'll end up binge eating, I am not talking about at a meal. I am talking about in general. If you never allow yourself to have your favorite foods or you limit them in a way that leaves you feeling deprived and wanting and craving and desiring and thinking about them all the time, that is what is going to lead to the binge. I am not talking about having pizza around and you just having dinner and being full and being satisfied and then somebody brings this pizza in and you're like, well, I can't restrict my favorite foods or I'm in a binge on pizza. Bullshit. That is a thought. You can just say, you know what? That pizza looks damn good. I'm not hungry. Probably I'm not going to feel good if I eat it tonight. Now I make my decision from there. If you're honoring and respecting your body, then the best way to go would be to say, definitely going to get some pizza for lunch tomorrow. Can't wait. But if you think that, oh, I can't restrict my favorite foods in any context for any reason whatsoever, then you're stuck in binary thinking and you are the one who is obsessed with food, not the people who are showing restraint or making decisions or saying like no to their favorite foods under certain circumstances or stopping when they've had enough, even if it tastes really good or refusing to eat something, even though it looks really good, but knowing that the consequences are that they will feel super full, uncomfortable. It's going to cause weight gain, not because it's the food, but because it's overeating. That's not food obsession. That's being kind. We see this a lot during the holiday season. The mindset shifts in a big way. Even the diet industry is a hot mess of conflicting mindsets during the holidays. And I really want you to listen to this episode knowing that it all comes from this place of love. I know I'm sassy and obnoxious sometimes. And hopefully you're here because you like that style of learning. If you don't, I mean, there are a lot of other podcasts that have a little bit more of a mushy edge, but always, always, always this comes from the place of love and wanting you to feel good in your skin, wanting you to be able to feel capable and confident that you can reach your goals in a way that you can live them for the rest of your life. So even though I get a little snarky on here, please know that I am not trying to come down on you personally. I'm just trying to help you see things through the lens that I see them through now, because so much of this is what I had to go through. And again, with the holidays and the diet industry, we have one camp that is telling you that it isn't what happens between November and January that determines your results, but the other nine months. It's seemingly a free pass to eat your face off. And some people really dive into that. They're like, oh, thank goodness. They've got a lot going on they're busy, there are a lot of holiday parties, they can't possibly manage it all and stay on quote unquote track. So they take the free pass, they blow it out of the water, and they worry about it on January one. The other is telling you to eat carrot sticks and a big ass salad before your holiday party so that you only have room for two bites of pie. Well, that's a miserable ass life if you ask me. Now, that might work for the first holiday party, but if you've been depriving yourself of pleasurable eating experiences for a long time, for several months, several weeks, all year, that pie is going to be harder to walk away from than a suitcase full of cash. But it still begs the question of why? Why 
Are either of these options okay with any of us? It is all bullshit. These concepts treat you like an incapable human being and you're not. They take away sovereignty and choice. They let you know that unless you do everything in your power to control every aspect of yourself, then you will fail miserably or that you shouldn't even have to make an effort to learn to enjoy your holiday season and eat in a way that feels great too. It's a trap. I remember dieting through the holidays. That was my favorite time to diet because I was in so much control. And then I'd have these big quote unquote cheat meals, these big holiday meals. And I remember one time eating so much sugar while I was preparing the meal for my family that I could feel my eyeballs shaking because I hadn't had anything like that for so long that I felt like I was out of control. I could not stop tasting. I could not stop eating it. I couldn't stop licking the frosting. And I felt so sick. It was terrible. And I never want to feel that way in my body ever again. I never want anyone that I love to go through that ever again. And I don't want you to go through something that feels similar ever again, just so that you can fit into a certain size jeans, or you feel like you are not at home in your body, that something is wrong with you, that you need to change. You can have a much more peaceful relationship with your body. And I'm living proof of that hundreds of members that have gone through unstuffed programs, masterful programs, one-on-one client coaching, they are all proof that there is a better way to do this. The holidays are about so much more than food. And yes, food is a big part of celebrating the holidays. You should not have to choose. And that doesn't mean that going all in on the pleasure, the enjoyment, the fun, the connection, the atmosphere, the culture, whatever it is that drives you, you don't have to miss out on any of that. It is not a trade-off. You should be able to have all of that and still feel good at the end of the season. I eat a reasonably healthy diet year-round, and I consider it reasonable. Others may not, and that's fine. I don't care. I enjoy the foods I enjoy, and that includes processed and packaged foods as well as whole and nutritious foods. I eat for energy, nutrients, and pleasure. I'm also willing to make adjustments to the way I'm eating If I notice that something's feeling off, I don't label it as restrictive if I decide to increase protein or vegetables or change something up, and that impacts how much room I have for chocolate or cookies. I don't stress if I want to only eat cookies for breakfast at certain times, and I'm not naive enough to believe that there is a perfect way to eat because there isn't. I don't put any extra pressure on myself to lose weight during the holiday season, nor do I throw caution to the wind. I don't feel the need to, and that's the most important part. I don't have to work on balance anymore because it's built into the fabric of my every single day. I stay in touch with my body and I eat pretty closely to how I always do. And the reason I can do that is because I don't feel overwhelmed by the amount of food in my environment around the holidays because I eat what I enjoy year round. I experiment when needed and I never make my food choices mean that I'm on track or off. It's all just eating. That is true food freedom, being able to make choices, being able to make adjustments, not feeling restricted because you're not thinking about the restriction. You're not thinking about what you're taking away, but you think about what you're giving yourself. You're not creating a system where you have to think and obsess and worry about every single bite you take and whether or not you're going to be capable of doing that in a restaurant or in a friend's house or whatever. And you're aware, you're conscious. You're making the choices from a place that says, I care enough about how my body feels and about how I feel about it year round 
so that I don't have to obsess over the holidays. Now, if you are struggling with this, I do not blame you. You are not alone. I have been there. I know what it feels like. And so the holidays can be a really frustrating and challenging time for folks. I'm going to invite you to stay tuned because Leslie and I created a program specifically to help you navigate the holidays. This is not meal plans. This is not recipes. This is not exercise programs. We're really focusing in on the mindset around holiday eating and the common obstacles that come up over and over and over again with our clients, with our friends, with our families, with everyone that we know that have these same issues with food, learn from diet culture, practiced by yo-yo dieting, and they're left feeling confused, frustrated, and even having some dread or mixed feelings about the holidays. So stay tuned for that. I will let you know all about it very, very soon. Make sure you are following me on Instagram. Make sure that you are signed up for the emailing list so that you can make sure that you're the first on the list to hear about these things. All right, that is all I have for you today. If you enjoyed this episode, please do the cool thing. Leave me a rating and review. It helps me so much more than you know. I hope to see you on social media. Share it. Tag me. I want to come and say hi and say thank you for sharing my stuff. If you have any thoughts on this episode, questions or ideas for future episodes, don't hesitate to reach out. My inbox is always open for you. Bye.